I'll be doing a broadcast next week. So I hope you're going to be ready to go one-on-one uh, one -on -one with me next week, buddy. I'll be like Robert De Niro and the Irishman, always ready. I have no doubt about <laughs> that. Okay, well, meanwhile, you're only tasked to talk about one thing tonight, and we're going to preview Conference USA Championship game featuring University of Alabama, Birmingham Blazers, and Florida Atlantic University. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack with this game. I mean, first off, it's played off at Boca Raton where Florida Atlantic plays, and that was the exact place for the University of Alabama, Birmingham, they played against Northern Illinois in the Boca Raton Bowl, won 37-13. Now they're coming back for a title game here. And there's a lot to talk about here with Florida Atlanta because it's completely off the field. But UAB has done an excellent job since 2017 because you go back to when they didn't even have a football, they didn't have a football program in 2015 or 2016. Since then, 8-5, and 11-3, and 9-3 and three this year. And then you look at the talent that this team has, and it's mostly on defense because they're not a very strong passing game. I mean, you know, the thing is, Tyler Johnston, the second, only has 15 touchdowns on the year. I mean, he only completes like 15 passes a game. It's all about the running game. I mean, if you've seen this duo, it's Lucius Stanley and Spencer Brown. One sophomore, one junior, did an excellent job against North Texas last week especially when North Texas played them so tough. But UAB just kept running the rock, running the rock, and just playing good defense as well. That's also another strength of UAB is their defense. And I got to watch Christopher Mull with his 10 sacks on the year. I watched this kid play uh, against North Texas. Just mind-blowing how talented he is. And then this guy could be an NFL prospect because of his height, his speed, good eye contact with the quarterback and is able to get those turnovers that UAB needs. Now, the thing with Florida Atlantic, though, is they're an up-tempo offense. They like to punch you in the mouth. They also like to throw passes, find their tight ends. That's what they're going to use. So, Maul's going to have that challenge along with Jordan Smith. But they average 19 sacks on the year combined between those two players. And I think they're going to be able to get after Florida Atlantic here. The problem is, though, Scott, is the Owls have something else going, and that is off the field. This is going to be a big topic. But Lane Kiffin is being talked about taking the new Ole Miss Rebel job. Or Arkansas. Arkansas was looking to try and offer $3.5 million to Kiffin, who was only making a million a year in Boca Raton. And then he's been having conversations with the Rebels a little bit here. Came to a point where he usually does this uh, – weekly radio show and for the first time since he took the job back in 2016 he did a pre-recorded segment of the radio show so he could continue on with this so you got this off the field issue along with this up-tempo offense that's going to be happening on saturday so there's a lot to talk about here all right well obviously there is i think uh, one of the key things here for the florida atlantic university owls is that chris robinson has to be play at the game of his life mm -hmm. uh, is, is what he has to do and as long as he plays the game of his life then Florida Atlantic has an excellent opportunity to win this football game and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, watching him he only had 15 uh, he only had 15 attempts again uh, a couple weeks ago but it was all about his tight end and I talked about the tight ends at the beginning of this Harrison Bryant who was just named to the academic all uh, team all-team academic, has five touchdowns in the last three games, including three touchdowns last week 
against Southern Mississippi. And it's crazy the speed this guy has. Everybody keeps talking. I thought he was a wide receiver. I was shocked when I was looking at the roster and I went, he's a tight end? And he doesn't look like a tight end. He doesn't block like a tight end. But he is one, and he makes some, and he has excellent hands. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Travis Kelsey, especially off those little skinny post patterns that the Kansas City Chiefs like to do. That's the thing is, there's a lot of good NFL prospects in here. You got Christopher Mull for UAB, but you also got this Brian kid who's really come to life here. Before these last three games, he only had one touchdown, and since then now, they have tried to center around this owl offense around him. Not to mention, they also have a good running game with B.J. Emmons. They're not asking him for, you know, to average 100 yards per game. He only got 73 against Southern Miss. But, you know, this is the scary thing about them, is that in their last five games, they have outscored their opponents, the Owls, 187-77. to hmm. Now, and another thing is, too, about this Owl, they have a good defense. They only give up 23 points per game. So UAB is going to be challenged with that running game while the Owls are going to try and continue to use that up-tempo offense going forward. All right, Jake, you know what's interesting is I actually went to FAU, so it's my alma mater, and I will have, me and Scott will have the privilege to cover that game on Saturday. You know, I love trading, I love hearing from guys who love the numbers, so I'll throw a number at you. UAB's 18.5 points per la- allowed per game is 15th in the nation. It's actually slightly better than Auburn, but however... There's context behind numbers. College football reference has a metric called strength of schedule, which gauges, obviously, your entire schedule in the context of every college football team. Do you know their schedule out of 130 teams was ranked 130th? So what that leads me to believe is, you know, they've gone up against a lot of very weak programs. And that's not to take anything away from them. They're here for a reason. They've won their conference fair and square. They've played the games. But FAU, like you said, has a very good defense. We lead the nation in takeaways, 17 interceptions. Miko Dotson, our cornerback, who me and Scott have had a chance to interview on multiple occasions, right. very nice kid, carries himself professionally. And as Kiffin has said, he's an inch away from playing at Auburn. That's because, you know, he's not that tall, but he gets the balls very quickly. Reminds me a lot of a young Brent Grimes, if we're talking about NFL guys. Dotson leads the nation in interceptions on an individual level, eight picks. And and it's so funny that you mentioned Harrison Bryant. I was joking to somebody on Saturday when we were covering the FAU Southern Ten- Southern Miss game, Brett Favre's alma mater. I was like, don't you think uh, Robert Kraft's going to call this guy in a couple of months because I think they need a tight end over there in New England. <laughs> yeah, that's a good yeah. point. I yeah, think... if, they're looking for, if they're looking for a tight end to really uh, replace, I mean, I would definitely go outside the box and look at this Bryant kid. I watched him just manhandle those safeties again of, of Southern Mississippi. They were a good team. I mean, they came in as 7-4. and four. They had to finish the season, unfortunately, 7-5. and five. But they actually had a pretty solid defense. And I am so glad to hear that you talk about the strength of schedule because UAB has only been a football team for the last couple of years. So they don't have that pedigree yet. Florida Atlantic has played teams like Ohio State already. And, you know, like I said, they played Southern Miss on the NFL Network. They got at least something building with Kiffin, which is why it's kind of shocking to me that he's having these conversations with these two Division I programs with Ole Miss and Arkansas on that point. But then when you watch the film of FAU, you can see these guys are are Division One ready talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, they play for the FBS, which is understandable. They play in the Conference USA. I get that. But these guys... 
They could jump to another school if they wanted to. They could do it right now if they wanted to. If they got done with this game and they were looking to transfer, they can do it because they just there's so much speed on this defense. They got a good NFL up tempo offense running with, you know, with Lane Kiffin, and they got a good quarterback in the making. I love his back shoulder throws, especially inside the red zone. I thought that was really innovative as well. And then UAB, you know, it just feels like that that feel good story, you know, because I actually watched that Boca Raton game last year, and the one thing that really impressed me about Bill Clark is just what he's able mm-hmm. to create right. with the lack of talent that he is able to recruit. I mean, like I said, there's only a couple of good players. There's only four good players I can look at and said, yeah, you could be ready for the NFL. And I just feel like UAB, they just really are more of a ground and pound team while you, while FAU is all about, you know, the air show and the running game. Yeah, and we didn't even mention the fact uh, D'Angelo Antoine, one of their wide receivers, I mean, he's a he's a hybrid. So he, I mean, he's had eight. He's only had eight carries as a running back this year, but a lot that he's done in those eight carries, 146 yards. He's got a rushing touchdown. We're not even. We haven't even scratched the surface to note that Tyler Johnson, their quarterback at UAB, is playing injured. He has hardly played the last couple of weeks. I believe he's got an ankle injury. They're going to probably have to go with Dylan Hopkins, their backup, who, like you said, they're a ground and pound team. He's a very mobile quarterback. He's a mobile quarterback, but he hasn't really had that challenge. I mean, keep in mind that this is only the seventh time that FAU and UAB are meeting up in this uh, title game for Conference USA. So they're not going to get a good idea on what Dylan Hopkins can do because he only has three touchdowns on the year, doesn't have much starting experience. So if UAB has to go with that, then FAU, they're just going to stack the box and they're going to go after that running game and shut it down because if Johnston can't go, or can't go at least four quarters, it could be a problem for UAB. Mm-hmm. Well, the only thing I'll say about this matchup is, number one, a few years ago it wouldn't have happened. And the reason why I say that is UAB discontinued their football program, and because uh, everybody wanted it back, Bill Clark uh, stayed on anyways, and he deserves uh, – that's one of the more f- unbelievable feel-good stories that UAB's even playing in this game since they didn't have football for a period of time after they discontinued the program. So I, I, I actually saw FAU beat UAB badly one time at Lockhart Stadium, but obviously not one. that was one of the few wins that FAU uh, had against UAB. And, of course, Lewis's first game came against Middle Tennessee State, ironically the first game I saw with FAU. But, yeah, there's some interesting dynamic storylines here for sure. So, you know, I, two 9-3 and three teams, do I think it's a toss-up? Probably I'm going to just be the homer and go with FAU, but, you know, who knows? It, it'll be an interesting game, and I'll be curious to see where uh, these guys end up bowling in a little while. And the one thing we can't lose sight of, and I don't like 9 million bowl games at all, Jake, but I, what I will say is this. The one thing the bowl games serve as a purpose, okay, is that they are another opportunity for uh, – these players to get another football game and impress scouts is what they are. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's exactly why you see teams not that are not named Ohio State, Wisconsin, Alabama, Auburn. I mean, they they are teams, you know, like Indiana, for example. They have to go have somebody. FAU has to go do this. You know, this is the kind of time, and I know that everybody wants to talk about the title games, you know, oh, they're not such a big deal. For these kids, it's a big deal oh, yeah. because when mm-hmm. you watch the film, these 
these kids have something. They want to play in the NFL. They want to get that opportunity. And if it takes for them to be on, like, number 53 of the 53-man roster, they will do it. This is exactly the kind of thing that we don't get enough of in college football. We understand about the, you know, the amateurism. We get that. But these kids don't have that fortune. And so they have to play their way. They have to get their way up to up that roster and try and make something happen. A good example is Aaron Rodgers. He played for California. Mm-hmm. California was only known for one thing, a quarterback school, because Jeff Tedford was running things right. there. So he had to work his way in at Butte Junior College before he went there. Right. This is a great opportunity and a great moment to watch some Conference USA football between FAU and UAB. All right, any uh, closing thoughts uh, uh, that you want to mention, Jake? We're running out of time. I uh, wish we had a little bit more time, but I want to save a lot of what you're going to do for next week anyhow. Just so you know, uh, folks, Jake Rongholt and I will be doing a uh, solo broadcast next week, and we'll be uh, talking about a lot of different things. So hope you're ready to uh, do a solo shot with me, Jake. We're going to definitely lay it out there for you. I will be ready, Scott. And another thing I should point out, too, about Jake Rongholt, and we talked about it earlier, Jake Rongholt will be moving around the South Florida Tribune uh, Broadcasting Network, appearing on different shows. I want to find out that there's more to Jake than sports, so he'll have an opportunity to exhibit everything he's doing. I think you've earned the uh, uh, you've earned the trust of us to be able to get more versatile. So, you know, one of the shows you'll be coming on will be uh, the uh, our baseball show, and another one that I expect you to come on will be uh. the real and the rare. So. So much happening in baseball right now. You know, oh, yeah. Mike Moustakis is now a Cincinnati Red. There was trades with the Brewers and the Mariners today. There's a little Garrett Cole speculation. The Mets okay. just got Jake Marisnik. So, and then Zach Wheeler is a Philly. So, I, I love this time of the year. I mean, the hot stove last year, honestly, this is just a preview. But the, the hot stove was kind of cool last year. This year, it feels different. Cole Hamels is down in Atlanta Brave. Right. Michael Pineda just signed two years, $20 million with the Twins. There is so much going on in Major League Baseball right now. No wonder the NBA ratings are down. Wow, that's okay. <laughs> well, you know what? Now that you mentioned that, we'll leave it on that note. You just earned yourself a ticket on one of our upcoming baseball shows, and they'll actually uh, – Start being a, on a regular basis on second. Lewis has one final point before we close the broadcast. Go I'll ahead. say this: they, um, uh, Aaron Rodgers can have his discount double check and date Jake from State Farm, but I think over here at the South Florida Tribune Broadcasting Network, we like our Jake from Full Sail. So very good. Yeah. Okay, I love it, Lewis. I love it. All right. With that said, that concludes our uh, this edition of the Sports Exchange. Uh, just to thank the guests that were on tonight, uh, we'll lead off with Ryan Skolrud. Damon Knight did a good job. David Levin. As always, and we love Mark Littell, Mel Farr, uh, Tom Shanahan, and last but not least, Jake Ronhold. So, meanwhile, everybody, uh, you have yourself a great weekend, and uh, we'll uh, go ahead and uh, do it again next week. So, so meanwhile, have a good night, and uh, and you know what? Uh, we'll be talking to you, uh, Jake. Our next broadcast will be in Racine, Wisconsin. Good night, everybody. Keep blasting that Metallica, Jake. You know it.